At American Public University, we believe higher education is not one size fits all. That's why we offer 200 modern programs that build on your knowledge and fit your schedule. Because we believe universities should adapt to the needs of students, not the other way around. American Public University, within reach, without limits. Online classes start every month. Learn more at AmericanPublicU.com. Well, hello everyone. I hope you're doing well. Um, it's me, Nathan Aday. Welcome to Mental Roots. If you're new, um, you've probably seen the written description already on whatever platform you're listening to. But yeah, basically, I am an animator, podcaster, uh, creative um, entrepreneur in the making. And this is a podcast that I set up this um, about uh, last summer, under a year ago now, as of the time I'm recording. Uh, and it's about mental health amongst young black guys like me um if you're a young black guy listening you probably already get it you already get why i'm doing this podcast we do need to be more open and more vulnerable in a healthy way as men especially black men um and we've had a blast so far when i say we i mean me and the many amazing guests that i've had friends of mine um people who are uh, influencers in their own right book authors um activists campaigners all sorts of great people that i've talked to already on this podcast um and yeah the the last guest that i had taja billingsley was amazing uh, a new friend of mine who is probably just two years younger than me um still in a hbcu historically black um college slash university her name is taja billingsley and yeah she, we had a great conversation um, so go catch up on episodes one to three of this season season two if you want to know what i'm talking about um and we talk about the black female experience which is something that as black men maybe we overlook too much you know we need to be much more mindful of how we treat our black women because i believe if we're going to talk about mental health um, as black men we need to realize that the better we care for um, the black women in our lives the more we're looking after ourselves in return you know because um, it's all reciprocal you know the energy you give out is the energy you attract to yourself so continuing in this vein of involving black women in the conversation on mental health in the black community i've got my next guest um Vanessa, Vanessa Boachi, I think that's how you say it, um, because I'm Ghanaian as well, and judging from my Ghanaian knowledge, <laughs> I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it, or something along those lines, so Vanessa, if you're watching, or listening rather, um, just let me know if I <laughs> pronounced it correctly, I'm sure I did anyway, um, Vanessa's, Vanessa Boachi, um, she is the founder of an amazing organisation called Inside Out UK, and it's a, a mental health kind of organization with um, great resources and programs and things to just help pe young people, especially with their mental health. Um, but obviously, there's a large focus on the black community as well. Um, and yeah, this is part one of our chat, an amazing chat about her experience growing up and how she first kind of started 
realizing the importance of addressing mental health. So this first part of our conversation is mostly focused on, you know, her beginnings and how she started getting into psychological therapy. You know, she's a practicing psychological therapist and it's just refreshing to see more and more young black people getting into the this practice and similar mental health practices because um, we, we, we need more culturally competent, more culturally aware, ethnically diverse people in mental health so that when, when young people um, are looking to get help with their mental health, they see people who represent where they come from and speak their language. So that's what excites me about Vanessa and her amazing Inside Out team. Um, all the Inside Out team, if you're listening, shout out to you guys. You're doing great work. Keep going. I'm a fan. Uh, I'm supporting you guys. And yeah, without trying to spend too much time on this intro, let's get straight into part one of my chat with Vanessa. I hope you guys enjoy and I hope you guys are empowered. Let go. Okay, so thank you, Vanessa, for stopping by. Um, how have you been doing re- um, lately? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. I'm good. Um, I'm grateful. It's been busy. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I think that's one thing that we can really be grateful for is that we've got um, online platforms to share information about mental health, yeah. and quick tips on so certainly the stuff to do with um, stress, how to handle stress. Um, mm. I, I definitely um, benefited from that post. So, yeah, I just wanted to say well done to you and the team um, with everything you do. And Great, um, thank you. Yeah, without much further ado, let's just get into the question. So sure. mental health, right? It's become almost this buzzword, you know, in our current um, climate. Um, for you, how would you define, you know, mental health? Like, yeah, and I know that's quite a broad question, but just mm. to start off. <laughs> yeah, I guess when we look at mental health, um, it's interesting because um, as much as we are speaking more about mental health, it seems to be the case where we interchangeably use the word mental health and mental illness, um, especially within our communities, those two words tend to get mixed up. So when we talk about mental health, automatically, um, you know, some people may put on the defense mechanism that no, I don't have mental health, I don't have mental health. But everyone does have mental health. And I think first and foremost, making that distinction between mental health and mental illness, you know, those are two completely different things as you'd know. So when we look at mental health itself, everyone has mental health, just like everyone has physical health. You know, mental health is in regards to a person's emotional and psychological well-being. And with their an individual's mental health, it determines how they think, the things they do, um, the way they relate to themselves, the way they relate to others as well. 
So it's something that everybody has. And as I mentioned, making that distinction between mental health and mental illness is definitely, definitely um, important. So then we're not undermining mental health itself. And we are also working on it as much as we are working on our physical health as well. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I guess for me as well, like, I, I relate to when you said, like, mental health is not mental illness, because I think the first time I kind of heard that term, it was like, it was more used in a negative way. Like, mm. um, yeah, it was kind of this clinical term and it was mm-hmm. usually associated with troubled people or whatnot. Um, but it was, I don't know what it was. I think it was probably in 2019 that, not that anything in particular triggered it, but I think I was becoming more aware of different like societal issues happening and such as you know racial injustice and I started hearing about mental health in a more holistic way in terms of like the the media wants to paint black people a certain way like we are certain caricatures from a movie but there's all sorts of complex things that impact the way we see, for example, many young black people behaving and it's to do with their mental health. And so I was thinking, okay, so mental health isn't just this um, like exclusive thing that's just used for people mm. who are particularly troubled or, you know, people being rehabilitated or something, but all of mm. us have mental health. And if we don't look after our mental health, you can grow up in a really good family and have a really good upbringing, but things can still go really pear-shaped if you don't look after your mental health. So mm. that's that's kind of how I started to think more critically about the mm-hmm. term. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even just, just as you said, um, you know, everyone does have mental health. And one way that we can look at it is, is almost like a spectrum. So you know how I spoke about mental health and mental illness. If we look at them, um, you know, as two different ends of a spectrum, everyone falls in that spectrum somehow and depending on you know life events stresses triggers all of those different things can you know almost bring you into one area of the spectrum you know when you work on ways to improve your mental health and your well-being then that can bring you to the other end of the spectrum as well and it's it's um it's one of those things that is always changing as well so you know depending on where you are at the moment um, that might change when a life event happens it might sway you a little bit more to this side when stresses start to you know show up in your life whereas when you are learning how to manage and how to optimize your mental health then it might sway you to the other side as well so um, mm. it's, it's like a continuum and as human beings we're so complex and we're multi-dimensional so it's never changing but as you said doing that work to look after yourself look after the your mental health and well-being, you know, that can make a big difference. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so how did you perceive the term mental health growing up? So I guess the question within that is like, do you remember kind of your first exposure to the term mental health? Um, mm. And how has your perception of it changed um, over the years? And then that might lead very well to you talking about how you got into being a psychological therapist. 
Mm. Yeah. So yeah, just basically kind of take us through your background, your upbringing, and mm-hmm. yeah, how that relates to your perception of mental health and yeah, <laughs> quite a loaded question. So- it is. It is a very loaded <laughs> question, but I, I will try my best to answer it as best as I can. So, oh, where do I even start? I guess my first memory of the concept of mental health was probably around. So I remember when I was in school, I was I was quite quiet in school. I was a very quiet person. Um, um, you know, I went oh, to school. Oh, was I to an extent? Well, well when mm-hmm. I was, yeah. When I was little, I was outrageous. <laughs> then I had my quiet phase of like late primary school, then mo- early part of secondary school. And yeah, so I, I kind of mm. relate to that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> something in common, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was I was quite quiet in school and um, I was an observer. I was always a thinker. So I would, you know, always think about what's going to happen next. I always like just analyze things. Um, even though I was quiet, it didn't mean that I was I wasn't listening at all. I was just taking things in and observing. And um, you know, as part of that, I guess growing up anyway, um, I grew up in a Ghanaian household and so I. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you smiling there. <laughs> um Got the- little Ghanaian oh yes we love to see it we love it (laughs) um and as the first born daughter of course how many things do you have in common (laughs) I'm the first born as well I'm the first born okay okay nice 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 again that comes with its challenges um we're almost like the the deputy parent in a way I don't know if that's something you can relate to yeah yeah <laughs> so um as well as being an observer as well as being a thinker analyzing having that role of being a deputy parent um at a young age I was given quite a bit of um <clears throat> sorry at a young age I was given quite a bit of responsibility in a way mm. and so even just from the smallest things like um I remember um, on the roads that I used to live on when I was in year six so in year six you're probably like how do you 11 you're about yeah 11, 10 to you? 11 yeah 10 to 11 I um I remember being responsible for taking all of the young kids on my road to school <laughs> oh, that's cute. I'm only 11 yeah. it wasn't too far it was probably like a 15 minute walk but yeah. I was I, I took on that that role of um you know being in charge of everyone at that age um and now to think of it I was like oh wow I was only 11 how was I actually doing that (laughs) so things like that from things like um do you know when we are playing about in school and stuff I'll always be the teacher like pretend to be role play the teacher I was always role playing like um the sort of caring type of roles Mm. um and I guess over time with with those experiences it made me develop responsibility at a young age. So right. in terms of, you know, looking after my younger brother and, and things like that. And then um, I guess with responsibility comes anxiety as well. Mm. And for me, um, you know, it started develop, developing into worries about things, you know, worries about 
um, my own actions, worries about making sure that everyone's okay and things like that, worries about the future, um, worries about, you know, if I don't pass this exam right now, then that means, you know, X, Y, and Z is going to happen and so on and so forth. So um, I started experiencing um, physical symptoms of anxiety, but at that time, I didn't know that that's what it was. Uh, and I remember there'll be times where I would just, you know, my heart rate will be increasing. Um, I'll feel that feeling in your stomach, feel that tension in the body, all of these different symptoms. And then there was one time where it got really bad. I remember I was, um, I think it was before an exam or something that I was preparing for. And it was just, there was just so much going on at that time. I felt like, you know, this was just so much pressure that I've gone at, got on at the moment and then other things going on in the background with personal issues and stuff like that. So I remember the symptoms that got so bad that I thought I had developed some sort of heart condition. So I was really, for a long time, I was convinced that there's something wrong with my heart. It's like, Vanessa, there's something wrong with your heart. There's something going on. And um, one time I thought, you know what, let me call it got so bad that I called the NHS 111 service. Mm. So I gave them a call. Wait, and how lady... old were you at this point? At this point, I was probably like in secondary school, actually. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So this was fast forwarding from primary school to, to secondary school. I think mm. I might have been in year 10. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah, I the year 10 times. Um, so, yeah, I called the 111 service I don't even remember how I knew about the 111 service I think it was just um I don't know smart. maybe something <laughs> <laughs> someone mentioned it at school or, or something um yeah I don't remember how I knew about that service so mm. I called them and then the lady that I spoke to she asked me to describe my symptoms and I was just like yeah I'm, I'm getting really tightness in my chest it feels like I'm having a heart attack etc etc and luckily for me the lady that I was speaking to had awareness of mental health mm. um, and and she described to me that the symptoms that I was experiencing was basically a panic attack wow. and then I was like oh okay right that makes sense mm. it makes a lot of sense and then I think that understanding that what I was experiencing was a panic attack that really opened my eyes because initially do you know when you think of a panic attack I thought of it as you know when you're sort of like hysterically crying and shaking and yeah. like you know what you picture a panic attack to be is almost for some people that's what it looks like but it's yeah. almost um what's the word a, a bit more dramatic than what I was actually experiencing um what that I, I thought at the time that it was a bit more dramatic than what I was experiencing I thought this was more of a physical health condition like I'm having a, a heart attack and I'm going to die I literally thought that you know mm. something is that is disassociation to to between the mental and the physical if we think exactly physical, if there's a physical like issue we're having we think it's a physical cause exactly that opened your eyes to realize actually the mental does affect the physical. That's why. Exactly. I'm... Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. Exactly that. Mm. Exactly that. 
and then yeah it just really opened my eyes and I was like okay this makes sense so then now with this understanding I can rule out the fact that I haven't got a physical health condition Mm. like I thought I did this is something that's related to my well-being and the stress and the stresses and the you know previous experiences that I've had and you know Mm. that responsibility and worry and all of those different things so then that's what made me think okay do you know what um I think after that experience actually um I'll just probably learn about some breathing exercises and that was that and then Mm. it wasn't until later on um where I started learning more about mental health so I did psychology at A levels and then after that um did it at uni because I was just so interested in human behavior Mm. so just like how why humans do what they do human behavior how people interact with each other all of those different things Mm. so in summary that was you know my first what I recall anyway as my first standout experience of mental health itself there's been other things that have happened but that's the first one that I actually remember Mm. that's powerful that's powerful um yeah because and what what stands out to me is that even to have the maturity as someone in year 10 like to be a 14 15 year old Mm. picking up the phone to actually say something like I'm sure that took a lot of boldness in in a sense a hundred percent yeah I even feel that sorry after you yeah, because the key the key thing here is communication, right? And even for me, like it's interesting because I've not always been the best at communication. Now, in the recent years, I've by God's grace, I'm I'm doing much better. Um, and it's funny how when I when I said I was quite introverted in that kind of pre-teen phase of my life and even a little bit post twelve years old. Um like even even then i think it came from a background of like when i was little i had um basically i had delayed speech because um shortly after i was born i spent i think the first 3 month 3 years of my life living in ghana and so my learning of english was a bit delayed and then i think now when my mum speaks to me about it now she her perspective is that like now, when I came back to England, to, for me, it was a culture shock because I wasn't used to it. And so I would act out in school. I'd be naughty um, and I needed speech therapy and stuff. Um, but over the years, and especially in secondary school, I found that it, the, the school helped me a lot because there was a drama club and different things going on through which I could discover myself and find my way of articulating and so through that through doing like the drama club um because I, I was never exposed to drama or the arts much before secondary school which in mm. itself is an interesting commentary on how much the arts is promoted in schools mm. the function of the arts but for mm-hmm. me my process of finding my voice and being confident enough to communicate was through the arts and mm. that's that's why I do what I do now. I'm I'm mm-hmm. doing a master's in visual communication, specializing mm. in animation. And you probably see my Instagram. I'm doing so many different creative mm. things. Because I believe from my perspective to help young people 
articulate themselves we shouldn't overlook creative mm-hmm. types of therapy. 100% um, yeah so I think we'll get back to that because you you might have something to say about <laughs> I definitely cool. agree with that yeah. yeah well as you said we'll get back to that yeah Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying this insightful episode so far. Uh, I just want to use this brief intermission to quickly share with you something that's really been helping me the past few months in terms of my physical health, which in turn has helped my mental health too. Because you see, it's very easy for us to talk about mental health, uh, forgetting that our physical health is connected with it, you know, because our bodies do need certain nutrients and um, certain things to help our brain deal the stress that's running through our body and so um, you know to manage our adrenaline levels to manage our adaptogens and so and so the past few months I've been using a variety of um, food supplement products to help me in different aspects of my health for example um, to help me with my stress levels and my concentration levels uh, I've been taking these really great organic um, optimized nootropics um, shots or which are abbreviated as on shots uh, the little juice pouches uh, that are have a rich flavor a rich raspberry flavor which you can mix with water or your own kind of um, drink mixture and it's been helping me just about one cup a day has helped me get through my course workload as well as my podcasting as well as all my other content uh, including my mental route short film and so uh, if you're someone like me who's pretty hardworking and easily gets quite stressed or worn out through work um, these are great um, caffeine natural caffeine um, shots that you can take without the usual crash that you get from coffees and energy monster drinks and all of that stuff so if you want to know more about that there is actually a link in the written description for this podcast episode uh, and you can book a quick consultation uh, call with me where we can discuss these products and where you can get them from uh, it is a particular brand which i'm keeping on the low key for now because it's one of those things where it's so good you just kind of want to keep it to yourself and only share it with people who you know are genuinely interested and so yeah just um uh, select a time slot in that um, link and we'll uh, consult you and there are other products as well including some really rare um wild alaskan uh, fish oil um, pills which I've been using not your typical fish oil pills um, obviously rich in omega-3 but for me personally they've really helped me wake up uh, with a fresh mind um, with no baggy eyes very clear white eyes which is quite unusual for me um, I usually get red eyes and you know it takes me quite a while to um, get started and get energized in the morning Um, But these pills have just sped up that process to help me start the day better, uh, which is also very important. The way we start our days has a huge impact on our mental and emotional outlook throughout the day. So um, if you also want to know about that, you can, again, book that slot in the link to meet me and talk about that. But regardless of what um, products and foods and drinks that you take, uh, just remember to think about the nutrients, do your research, see what nutrients are important for your body to help your uh, mental health and help your physical health as well to help your stress levels and 
let's be practical in how we deal with our mental health too. So with all that said, let's hop back into the interview. Um, okay, so on to the next question. So you you went, you at A-level you did um, psychology and then after that, so at this point, are you already thinking about being a psychological therapist or like how did that career vision come about and mm. how did that lead to like Inside Out and how that was formed? So at that point, I didn't even know what a psychological therapist was. I didn't even know a psychological, well, I can't even say it myself. <laughs> I didn't even know that a psychological therapist existed. I didn't know it was a thing. Um, all I knew was that I wanted to help people. And um, it's interesting, you mentioned that you went to Ghana for the first three years. You lived in Ghana for the first three years of your life. Mm. um and of course which I don't remember but yeah which you don't remember okay (laughs) um because of um basically I from probably from primary school through to secondary school I was back and forth from Ghana quite a bit because my mum does business in Ghana Mm. and um even just from going back to Ghana for the summer holidays or going during half term and things like that um it really, really did open my eyes to the fact that I want to help people. And mm. I think that realization came through um, just knowing that I wanted to help people be the best version of themselves. Mm. So I think that was always in the back of my mind. That was always in the back of my mind, me wanting to help people. Um, hence why, or, or that itself coupled with the idea of understanding people's minds, understanding human behavior. Mm. That's what led me to do psychology. So I did a psychology degree, mm. um, did that at the University of Leicester, graduated with a first class. Hey. And, <laughs> and I was actually ready to go into the working world. I was like, yes, I've got my mm. degree. I'm ready. Let's do this. I'll come out now. I'm looking for jobs and that itself was one of the biggest struggles um, Mm. at that time anyway, it was a really, really big struggle. So I had in mind that I wanted to, at that time, become a clinical psychologist. So a clinical psychologist Mm. is quite different to a psychological therapist. And I said at that time, even throughout um, studying, I didn't know that a psychological therapist exists, which is very strange. I'm not sure, you know, what... (laughs) yeah what they were I think side note something about the um psychology degree is they sort of well when I was in the psychology degree anyway they do a bit of careers um advice but they only at that time anyway gave me an understanding of the core psychological professions or the traditional let's say the traditional psychological Mm. professions so for instance, clinical psychology, forensic psychology, occupational psychology, um, so on and so forth. So I didn't know anything about this psychological therapist role. So um, after I finished, I was looking for jobs, looking for experience, because of course, to become a clinical psychologist, which is what I thought I wanted to be at that time, you need to build up experience. So I was doing a few things here and there, did some volunteering here and there, I did some volunteering in Ghana as well 
did mm. some uh, did an internship in Brazil, um, wow. did lots of different things here and there, but then I was still quite puzzled because I'm mm. applying for jobs, I've got the degree, I've got a bit of experience, but I'm not getting any jobs. I was just mm. like, okay, what's going on here? Um, to cut a very long story short, in the end, I did end up um, taking on a role as a support worker. So I was working in a rehabilitation recovery home. Mm. And at that time, it really, again, opened my eyes to mental health and mental illness as well, like we've been speaking about. Mm. So with the people that I was working with in that center, um, it was pe- I was working with people who had been diagnosed with severe mental health difficulties. Um, so they've been diagnosed with psychosis, schizophrenia, severe OCD, severe um, depression and anxiety. And one of the things that really, really interested me was how did, you know, these clients I'm working with get to the position that they're in now? Because, of course, what we know about, you know, from my understanding of mental health at, the t- at that time, you, know, you don't just wake up and then you've got a mental health illness. Mm. It would have been so many different contributing factors. So I was always interested in their journey. So I was always asking questions like, um, what were you doing before you came here? What was mm. life like for you before you came here as well? And through doing that, one of the common things that I noticed was that there wasn't really much being done in prevention and early intervention. Mm. So there wasn't much being done in mental health education. So if we even bring it back to um, the experience that I had where I didn't know um, that, you know, these physical symptoms of anxiety actually are anxiety and they're not a physical health condition, that was down to my lack of mental health education. And so if I'm experiencing that, that means there are lots of other people who are also experiencing that or something similar. So all in all, through my experiences, through working in the field, through studying, it was that aspect that people do not have the tools and techniques to look after their mental health and well-being. They don't have that awareness. Many people don't, especially young people, um, may not have that awareness to be able to say, okay, I'm suffering from anxiety or I'm feeling anxious. This is a tool, a practical tool that I can put in place to help myself. Mm. Most of the time from what I've seen from growing up, people rely on unhealthy coping mechanisms such as drinking it away or smoking it away or sexing it away or Mm. um, thinking it away, et cetera. Whereas those tools were missing. So um, I came across a role um, or training position anyway um, to train as a psychological well-being practitioner mm-hmm. and when I came across that I jumped at the idea I was like yes this is something that I want to do because it's about using um, it works using low intensity cognitive behavioral therapy so with cognitive behavioral therapy that's about again learning those practical tools and techniques mm-hmm. that you can use to manage the way you think about things manage the things that you do, develop that self-awareness about yourself. So I did that and I did a few other training courses here and there to build up my experiences, to build up my knowledge. And essentially those 
things is what or those different um, training courses that I did um, the experiences that I had that has what that is what has led me to this stage right now um, so that's how I became that's again a summary of how I became a psychological therapist and I think did you ask about inside out as well yeah 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 so, so just how... to get things in perspective <clears throat> how many mm-hmm. years between when you graduated and when you started inside out like just when I graduated and when I started inside out um I do you know what is interesting I graduated in 2016 Mm. I started inside out in 2017 and that was a busy year (laughs) but I trained I, I started inside out before I became a therapist okay okay so let's rewind a little bit then okay (laughs) (laughs) so I finished um I graduated in 2016 okay yeah and then um oh yeah so I've missed out a key part here when I graduated Mm -hmm. as part of being able to build my own experiences Mm -hmm. one of the things that I again noticed from the work that I was doing as I mentioned was that there wasn't much being done in mental health education so and and educating people and giving people awareness of mental health itself so I then decided okay I'm not gonna with with the knowledge that I know I don't have to wait until I become a clinical psychologist before I can then bring awareness, just Mm. awareness. I'm not saying that I'm giving people therapy, awareness Mm -hmm. about mental health issues or to build awareness of mental health within our community. So then that's Mm. when I started Inside Out. But Inside Out didn't start off as a social enterprise. Inside Out started off just as a project, as a passion project. Mm. um where we just did an event and then that event itself what we did was we got lots of creatives together to talk Mm. about their mental health experiences and we got um people in the psychology field so I had links with um a psychiatrist at the time and a clinical psychologist at the time as well who came to speak as Mm. well about um mental health um so after that event that we did people were like to me Vanessa when's the next one where's the next one where's the next one I'm like oh there's meant (laughs) to be a next one okay (laughs) let's do it and then we did another event another event and then that's how Inside Out came together so whilst I was Mm. doing Inside Out that's when the opportunity to train as a psychological therapist came Mm. about so then I've been doing inside out um, as well as training as a therapist Mm. and doing like the other courses here and there again to build up my credibility that makes sense right and all of that prepared you for the next stage basically Mm. basically yeah okay awesome awesome okay that's really good and what one thing that stuck out to me when you said that is um stuck uh, stuck rather (laughs) (laughs) um is basically um like you didn't feel you had to be like a fully qualified you know therapist to raise awareness about Mm -hmm. mental health and I think mental health awareness making that distinction between raising awareness of it Mm -hmm. and being an expert that that that's a clear distinction that needs to be made 100% yeah and when I started this so 
I don't want to get too deep into the origin story of this podcast. Um, I'm, I, by the way, have you heard any of the previous episodes yet? Or? I've seen some briefly. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen some, some briefly. Previews. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some previews. Um, mm. yeah, yeah. So I started it last summer, and to be fair, like it, it was around or shortly after the um the death of George Floyd, but men mental health amongst black men especially was something I was already thinking deeply about towards the end of 2019 in particular. Basically, long story short, I was doing my animation degree, third year, and we were doing a, um, an, a, our own interpretation of a classic story called The Metamorphosis by Franz Kafka. It's this classic story, pretty depressing, about this young man who um, he wakes up as a beetle, but there's a lot of nuance on what the interpretation is. Is it a metaphor of a certain psychological state or did he literally turn into a beetle? But long story short, mm. his family deserts him because of it and he dies a lonely death. And uh, yeah, oh, not wow. a very okay. nice <laughs> story to do an interpretation mm. of. But then when I thought of that, I don't know. It, I don't know. Somehow when I read the story, I was seeing some parallels with unfortunately seeing parallels with many struggles that young black men in Britain go through in terms of mm. they go through life. There's all sorts of things that they deal with and they're left in this state of, you know, one, one day you, you, you ask yourself, how did I get here? Mm. And because of the multi-layered problems of like, the stigmas of mental health within the black community, the mm -hmm. like you've raised, and another thing you raised is lack of education, education mm -hmm. around what is mental health? How do I see the symptoms of bad mental health? Like all this information that we do not have in the black community for various reasons, all mm -hmm. of that builds up to this thing where it's easy for up for young black men to be discarded and be on the fringes of society and feel like they have no one to open up to because you know for whatever reason even within their families they can be discarded or thought of as oh he's gone too far or you know he he's he he we he, we just need to pray for him or mm -hmm. you know all these different things and then plus what resources are, how, how do black men know that if they open up to like um, a therapist that they won't be taken advantage of, especially if it's a, a white institution, you know, mm. how do I know that they won't work um, against me or will they really understand me? Um, or mm. we just keep it pushing. That's what we like, just surviving Western society. We've just been taught, taught to just, keep pushing it's just standard that you have to work twice as hard as your peers that's just normal yeah mm. and all these things is is why there's a lot of a lot of men struggling with mental health in general but especially black men and that's what inspired me to actually do a commission short film um an animated film called mental roots which i just finished um a few weeks ago actually so it's a year long project 
Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I'll, I'll post more about it in, in the weeks and months to come. But um, it was actually a commission that I was selected for um, in conjunction with an organisation called Rural Media. Um, and they select pe young people um, with great film and sound drama ideas. And they work with in conjunction with the BBC to broadcast it. Um, long story short, last summer, lockdown, I'm thinking, wow, mental health is even more of a topic that I need to address now as someone with a platform. And mm -hmm. when, after George Floyd happened, you know, it just, I thought, okay, as someone with a platform, it's good that I'm making a short film about it, a fictional story about it, but we need to have conversation. Like it can't just start with a cute, informative film saying you need to open up with someone. We need to have some difficult conversation as to what exactly are the issues that we're dealing with in the communities? What practical resources are there? So there's a need for education. And so that's why I, and I realized because of how hot the climate was and how, you know, many white people, they were like, you know, you know, what are we missing basically? I, I realized that this is not a moment for me to shy away from the conversation because I'm not an expert. This is a chance mm. for me to educate myself. And as I'm educating myself, I share what I know and I create mm. a safe space for conversation, mm -hmm. a safe space for disagreements. But nevertheless, conversation needs to happen. And so that's why I started the podcast last summer. And so far, I've had some Amazing. good responses. Yeah, thank you. Um, so far, I've had some good responses from people. But the beautiful thing is, as I'm learning and learning from people such as yourself and um other people from you know different um practices i'm realizing like it's okay like i i even in the last um interview i did um i, I recorded another one last weekend mm -hmm. um i was just being upfront like saying even now I, like, i've never had a good experience of therapy and i'm still looking for therapy i'm still trying to think about what sort of therapist I need and mm. what is the kind of central issue I need to address because I've still got issues to say that to say the least um and so everyone it's a has process. issues yeah 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 <laughs> yeah so um yeah so I know I know what I went off on a tangent but what no that's yeah, okay I, I'm yeah, intrigued just, I'm interested <laughs> yeah yeah I could just connect with like that Oh, that story of you finding founding inside out like mm -hmm. yeah yeah well that is the end of part one <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm having too much fun with my microphone right now. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that's the end of part one of my chat with Vanessa. So part two is coming out next week, and that's going to be great because um, she continues to talk about, you know, we, we continue to have this candid chat about, you know, being content creators and, 
you know kind of the irony of how you create content to help other people with their mental health but then you affect your mental health in the process but then what 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 is there to learn from that you know like um and when you you know do create a platform to help people how do you present yourself you know don't do you present yourself as the expert or present yourself as hey i'm on this journey with you guys and you know it's the latter that is more in line with me and vanessa's approach um to talking about mental health is that we are on the same journey we are not further along we are not um well we might be further along than a lot of the people we're helping because that's the whole idea right you are helping people um to progress but there's still things that i can learn from you guys listening like that's that's the heart of what we're trying to say you know in this conversation and what you hear a bit more of at the start of part two which comes out next week is that we are here to learn as well you know so guys speaking of that and if some of you listening also have some knowledge on mental health or experience in regards to dealing effectively with mental health maybe you've had um, counseling before maybe you've had training maybe you work with young people and you've had to do some training on how to deal with young people how to deal with those from minority ethnic backgrounds especially as well like if you have any kind of knowledge to share on that please please let me know like message me email me my email is nataday at hotmail.co.uk n-a-t-a-d-d-a-i at hotmail.co.uk you can also find me on Instagram um, at Nathaday, N-A-T-H underscore A-double-D-A-I. You can find Vanessa on Instagram as well at Nessa Banks, um, N-E-S-S-A Banks underscore. Um, so that's her Instagram tag. And please let me know, especially um, if you have any information to help me grow my understanding of how to effectively deal with mental health in the black community and with young people and if you'd like to guest on this podcast let me know as well um because this is all about sharing knowledge so yep i've told you everything that's happening in the next episode um so until then stay safe um you know protect yourselves look after yourself and yeah try and achieve that balance of not overloading yourself you know um, the world won't stop spinning if you decide to take your much needed rest and that's something again that i'm not perfect in as you've already heard um but i'm making progress i'm making progress so we'll see you next week guys take care peace Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type two collagen, 
Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the Stretch and Flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day.